You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to set him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes. And so begins. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-homo? Oh, I see a great hand reaching out of the stomach. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring martial law. These orders have forced us to declare independence. That's why people get off their encounter-suited butts and do something. You are the one who watch to Zahadu who will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very, very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. Call. Shut up. Obviously, haven't improved your manners. And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 17 Movements of Fire and Shadow. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. As the war with the Alliance and Centauri grow more intense, Sheridan must contend with the with rogue Narn and Drazi generals who want to take drastic action. And Lita and Franklin undercover un- uh, undercover? Lita and Franklin uncover a startling truth behind the Centauri campaign. Written by JMS and directed by John C. Flynn III, this episode was released on June the seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight, and takes place from August the ninth to August the fourteenth, twenty two sixty two. And our guest stars this week are Wayne Alexander as Drac, or a Drac, Josh Clark as Kulamani, Josh Cox as Lieutenant David Corwin, Damian London as Regent, Tom McCreevy as Minister, Bart McCarthy as Darrow, Robin Sachs as Natok, and Neil Bradley as Dr. Varda, and uncredited Bill Blair as Alien. So, Sean, what did we think of this episode? We liked it. We thought it was a good episode. There's so much going on. Uh, The last little bit has been kind of slow, but this is this is really uh, ramping it up. We we can tell that uh, it's just going to be action packed until the end of the series here, which is coming up pretty soon, actually. Sad face. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, we got everything going on. We've got the Drazi. We've got the Narns. We've we've got the lens at ship being attacked. We even have 
a Lockley log. We get to see Elizabeth Lockley in an episode that she's actually in in season five. It's it's a miracle. So, wow. Well, I forgot go. about her. Yeah, I know. I know. And the thing is, we haven't really missed her, to be honest. Well, no. <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, Dan, what did you think of this episode? Uh, just why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why did we start with six weeks of telepaths when it could have been this good all season long? <laughs> I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. Um, and to the point where um, I was, uh, time was running out this week, so I didn't have enough time to sort of sit down and, and go into a different room and come and watch Babylon 5 and make me notes and all this sort of stuff. So I was watching it on my phone. In the front room, there was loads of other noise going on, kids on Xboxes, kids on iPads and stuff. And the episode was playing in the background. And normally they don't bat an eyelid. But this one, something about this, the noises, the the sound, the the constant things going on, the, the myriad of different storylines all going on at the same time, it intrigued them. And they kept on looking at my screen and wanting to, to actually find out what this show was, this Babylon 5 that I've just spent the last three years watching. And it's like, well, I asked if you wanted to join me watching it, but no, you didn't want to do it. Uh, but this one seemed to catch their attention. And it's because there's so much going on. Every character has something to do. Everything has a meaning. It, it all links together. It's, it's taking all these little tiny threads that we've had peppered into that six weeks of te telepath war and actually make something of it. It actually feels like Babylon 5. It actually feels like it's going somewhere. It actually feels like it's all supposed to have been this way. Um, but it just makes you feel really sad that season five could have been this all the time. And it, it's it's so good. I just really right. enjoyed it. I, yeah. I've, it's been so long since we finished an episode and I thought, oh, I can't wait for the next one. I have to watch the next episode. And I just clicked straight into the link, even though I knew I had the washing and you know everything else to do around the house. Um, so I quickly you know, ran away, did the washing, got all that done, and you know, emptied out the tumble dryer, went back, sat down, clicked play again, and the kids started coming in and they were just watching the show whilst the second part was going in. And then they got a little bit bored because they didn't realise what was going on but yeah love it this is a great episode and oh more of it please but oh, unfortunately yeah. yeah we're coming to the end of the season hmm. oh dan i'm so so glad that you got <laughs> the washing done because i was thinking yeah. oh, that you know, that could be a disaster if you don't get the washing done the I know. wife comes back what have you been doing i've been watching babylon 5 well what are you watching that for? you know it all just uh, sorry. kicks off why are you In watching a 25 year old space show <laughs> there's clothes yeah. to be i should have left it on a cliffhanger did yeah. the washing get done dun, 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 dun. It's you and that Sean and Paul. You you, you you spend more time with them than you do with me. You neglect the washing. You neglect the kids. Oh, dear. No, uh, that's a good one. good one. So, no, I mean, like, okay. So, so in this episode, we have, um, you know, the Drac, um, this Kulamani, Kulamani, the Regent, the Minister, Darrow, Natok, Dr. Varda, all of these characters. Where have these generals been before? Where where, where have they been all this time? Why haven't they been in this? You've got you've got Robin Sachs as Natok. Uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely fabulous. You, you know, the, the uh, Darrow, Bart McCartney's Darrow, the, Tom McCreevy's the minister's back. The regent's there again. You know, Damien London. Oh, it's just it's such a fabulous group of actors. And you've got these characters, these generals that are all, you know, oh, well, we've been fighting the war for a while now. And you, well, where the hell have they been? These are suddenly now, <laughs> now turning up. These are the generals. These are the top brass. 
we should have had these in ages ago. You know, discussing yeah. what they were doing, what the plans were. We're being attacked here. We need. Oh well, no, we we won't bother with it. We'll fight our own wars. Thank you very much. You know the, uh, you know the, it, it's just. Oh, where were these people? So yeah, it's it's such a good episode. You know, with with great actors, all good scenes. You know, it, 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 everything meant something. Hmm. So, as Sean mentioned, we had the uh, Lockley's personal journal. So let's add that here. Personal journal, Captain Elizabeth Lockley, addendum. This entire war continues to spiral out of control. The threat of retaliation has already reached Babylon 5. Over a half dozen Centauri have been murdered in just the last three days. The 50 cc's of hydromorphosis, men left to the school. Go, go. Franklin, go. Got another one in Red Fork. Yeah, I'm right there. In an attempt to reduce the number of casualties, I've double security on every level. Centauri citizens are being victimized and killed all around the station. Here, excuse me, pardon me. It hasn't helped. All right. Let's get into med lab too, all right? Everybody clear on out. Move on out of the way. If this continues, we may have no choice but to quarantine the Centauri. We'll have to try and limit them to parts of the station where they won't run into anyone they're currently at war with. Unfortunately, that seems to be just about everyone right now. So, my options seem to be somewhat limited. Sheridan visits Lockley in her quarters and updates her with a report from Garibaldi. Unconfirmed, but reliable. The reports say that the, Cent the Centauri have been targeting enemy jump gates. They are completely out of control, and they might be willing to attack Babylon 5. But Lockley has half of the fighters stationed outside the station, and the other half in hyperspace. Lockley says that the Centauri won't attack unless the White Stars get into the fight. Unfortunately, Sheridan has given the go-ahead for any White Star to fire on Centauri vessels on site. Uh-oh. Mm, that's not going to end well, is it? No. Bit of bad timing there, bit of communication might have not gone amiss. Sheridan asks Delenn to do something he doesn't want to ask. They have lost a lot of White Star ships in the wars over the last five years, and soon they will run out. They're going to need more ships. Big ships. Sheridan asks... Uh, so Sheridan is suggesting a joint Earth Mimbari project to build a destroyer-sized White Star. Delenn agrees to suggest this to the Grey Council. Meanwhile, Veer is waiting anxiously for a meeting with Franklin and Lita. He has a favour to ask. He says that when the Centauri have destroyed a Drazi ship, they have returned the bodies to the Drazi as required by the terms of war. However, the Drazi have not returned the Centauri bodies from the destroyed ships. Veer wants Franklin to put pressure uh, on them to return the bodies, as he thinks there is more to it than just the refusal. Franklin agrees, but Lita wants 500,000 credits to do the job. I mean, this must make Franklin really, really feeling, feeling good here, you know, because, hey, I'm doing them a favour by uh, finding out about these bodies. Oh, yes, that'll be, yeah, I'll feel really good about this. <laughs> Lita gets 500,000 credits, please. <laughs> oh, okay, then. Oh, uh, <laughs> hang on, back. hang on. <laughs> Where's my 500,000 credits? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you've just done yourself out of uh, half a million credits there, mate. <laughs> Londo and Shikar are still on the, uh, in the cell on the Centauri homeworld. Londo believes that he is better to stay with Shikar, as questions will be asked as to why the Prime Minister is being locked up. Just then, there is a flash of light which knocks them both out, and Londo is dragged from the cell. He's put on the trolley, and then scanned, which seems to give him visions of Adira. Then, a scanner is fitted to his head. 
His mouth opened as weird-looking stereotypical aliens with long skinny fingers and big eyes operate on him. He wakes up and asks who they are and what they want. Instead of answering, they put a mask over his face and put him back to sleep. I think we need to talk about those fingers. <laughs> yeah, there was like, <laughs> how many joints did they have on them? Like a lot. Yeah. How how the actors yeah. managed to do what they needed to do without the fingers falling off? That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> actors, well, when they, they're, when they're they, real. They're real animals. They're real the, aliens. The, 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 we've seen these these aliens before. I mean, in, in the, Area schisms? Fifty-One. In yeah, they're there it's and. Uh, Stargate SG One wasn't them called Thor wasn't them? Um, yeah. They... Oh no! In in schisms they were click 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 <laughs> ah, clicking. Yes, but uh, they they did have. Uh, no, no, they were just bad those... dreams. They were just bad dreams. Sure, <laughs> all the weird uh, medical tools. Or I, mean, I think about Galaxy Quest. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they had like. Fingers with many joints, which is really weird because they obviously, you know, they're trying to stick them into Malari's mouth to open his mouth and everything. Thought if, if one of those fingers came off, then that could have been quite embarrassing. Right. <laughs> uh, when he wakes up, he is back in the cell with Shikar. Shikar says that he fell asleep and woke up earlier. However, Malari stayed asleep until mid morning. Londo says he needs to get out of the cell, but the only way he can do it is by saving face. I have to get out. But I have to be sure I saved face. I said I would stay with you until they released you. So, how can I? Leave it to me. What are you doing? Shh! I have to concentrate. Concentrate on what? Last night's supper! No, 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 wait, wait, wait. There has to be another way. Wait! Shikar says to leave it to him and promptly throws up. It smells that bad that the guard has to let him out of the cell. Thank you! <laughs> Who knew they could make such a... The stench was such a... Great maker, I don't even want to think about it. I couldn't stay in there a moment longer. And the smell was not the worst of it. It was the burning in my arcus. I think my buttons are melting. Ah! <laughs> The kids love that bit. Yeah, it's just the noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they especially liked the fact that his buttons were being melted. I thought that they thought that was very funny. The, the, he vomited to the point of uh, melting buttons. Yeah, here you go, kids. There you go. Yeah, I know it was it was quite well sort of overdone. You know, well overplayed. <laughs> but uh, Malari's reaction was priceless. <laughs> Sheridan, Lockley, and Garibaldi are hosting a meeting with Generals Nartok, Darrow, and Kulamani from the Nandrazi and Burkeri forces. They all report positive results with the help of the White Star Fleet, but they are defending their own borders. Lockley asks why they haven't consolidated their, consolidated their forces to fight the Centauri as one. The Drazi feel they can win the war on their own and do not take orders from other races. But this is not an alliance, as Lockley points out but it is just a group of individuals. You're all individuals. <laughs> I'm not. Sheridan asks what is their strategy, but they obviously don't have one. The Centauri do have a strategy, but then again, nobody knows what it is. The generals want to attack the Centauri homeworld, but Sheridan does not want civilians to be killed. 
I won't sanction that. Military targets are one thing, but if you hit Centauri Prime, you are hitting civilian targets. They have not hesitated to kill our civilians. No, I know that. But you can't... Mr. President, we must have our revenge. This isn't about revenge, General. This is about taking out their ability to make war. We strike cleanly, surgically, and we do not hit civilian targets. Do I make myself absolutely crystal clear? A Centauri cruiser has been picked up by long-range scanners in hyperspace by Lieutenant Corwin. It appears that it has no crew members aboard. Lockley orders Alpha Squadron to attack, as she realises that it is designed to blow up the jump gate. The ship is destroyed with minimal damage to the jump gate. The Drazi and Narn generals have been watching the altercation on a view screen. The Drazi says the humans are too sloppy and slow to react, which means they won't want to attack the Centauri homeworld. They ask if the Narn will help, to which Nartok agrees. Londo is addressing the Minister of Defence and some aides. The Minister flatly denies that the Centauri have been attacking other ships, and everything has been to defend their ships and their homeworld. Lowry is on his own if he wants to confront the regent. Sheridan is disturbed in his quarters by Garibaldi, who has an urgent report. He says that 30% of the Narn and Drazi fleet has gone missing. He believes they have gone to Centauri Prime. Sheridan orders the fastest White Star possible to chase after them. And when he catches them, he'll skin them alive. Lita and Franklin are on the Drazi homeworld. They meet up with Dr. Varda who says he has looked for Centauri bodies and couldn't find any. The ones he could find were in such a mess they couldn't be put back together. As he talks, Lita scans him and says that he is lying. Just then, two drowsies abseil into their apartment and Franklin protects Lita and pulls her, to the, pulls her to the ground. He manages to shoot one of the attackers, but Lita grabs control of the drowsy's mind and forces him to shoot himself. The doctor tries to make a run for it, but Franklin stops him, and Lita scans his mind to find out why he was lying. Then she says, Take me there. I was I was hoping to see the wobbly uh, balcony reel again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was the same place, wasn't it? They got the same mm-hmm. room. And oh, yeah. it was quite funny when they were they were looking around to find out where the uh, the hotel, let's call it, was. And uh, Franklin says, oh, Lee says, you're lost, aren't you? You don't know where you're going. And he says, no, it's, it's Franklin recommended it. He said it was a really good place. So they probably recommended it so well. They recommended the same room. He said, can we have a room, <laughs> the same room, please? It's got a really good balcony. Budget savings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dylan and Linnea are only two jumps away from home when they are intercepted by four Centauri warships. They are fired upon and their ship is disabled. Dr. Varda takes Franklin and Lita to a warehouse where there are no bodies, but large black sea cucumber-like things. These were the only things that were found in the destroyed ships. Lita recognises them, but suddenly Dr. Varda is shot by somebody, and Franklin and Lita have to make their escape clutching one of these... things. The regent has been waiting for Londo in his quarters. Hello, Molari. Regent? I told you we would speak again before the end. I've always tried to keep my promises, especially to those who have been kind to me. As you have been. It is no burden. Regent, I've been trying to see you for some time. Our ships... Yes, 
Londo asks the regent about the ships, and did he give the order? He says yes, he knows about them, and he gave the order. After a fashion. Then you give the order. After a fashion. I have always tried to do the right thing, you know. And circumstances allowed. Yes, we all do, Regent. Yes. He says his time is almost over, and it is nearly Londo's time. And now it is your time. Mine is almost over. I have to say. I'll be glad of it. I'm so tired of it all, Londo. I'm glad. I won't live to see what follows. Why? What is going to follow? Franklin reports to Sheridan about what they have found. Lita says that they ha what they have is a left is leftover shadow technology, an organic device used to control the starship from a large distance away. Sheridan puts one and one together and gets two. Meanwhile, the attacks go on. Sheridan tells Franklin to get in touch with Garibaldi to get the to get the Narn and Drazi to stop the attacks. I'm going to read you as that. This is not one that I managed to uh, edit. I just totally missed the sentence. Sheridan tells Franklin to get in touch with Garibaldi to get the Narn and Rosie to stop the attacks. <laughs> hmm. Meanwhile, in yes, <laughs> Narn and Rosie, the Narn and the Rosie. Meanwhile, in Delenn's shattered White Star, there are bodies everywhere. Lanier, badly injured but still alive, finds Delenn. Of course, she's perfectly fine. The jump engines are offline, and most of the crew are dead. Lanier has activated the distress beacon but doesn't know it is working, and his leg is broken. The situation is very bad. Londo is still trying to get the Regent to recall the Centauri ships. The Regent says that they have told him that they will be dead by morning and Londo will be the new Emperor. It's going to be a pretty night. The last one I will ever see. You shouldn't talk that way, Regent. You still have many years ahead of you. That's why it's important to recall the ships. We can still make peace. Oh, there will be peace for a while. It never lasts, really. They said so. They said both things, actually. That there will be peace, and that it won't last. But who are they? They also said I would be dead by morning. And that tomorrow, you will be emperor. They said many, many things. Things I didn't want to hear. Things I didn't understand. Things I didn't want to understand. They? Who are they, Regent? Wando will find out soon. Oh, you will find out for yourself soon enough, Londo. You shouldn't rush your last free hours. And there was something else they told me to do. And I did it just a few moments before I came to see you. The last thing I will ever have to do for them. And in a way, 
I'm glad it's over. What did they ask you to do? The last action he, he had to do was... To send away all the ships guarding Centauri Prime on a false emergency and turn off the planetary defense network. No! I think I'll stay and watch from here. The sky should be lighting up any time now. I imagine it will be quite beautiful. No! Jump gates start forming above the planet as the Drazi and Narn ships appear in the sky, and all hell is leashed on Centauri Prime. But you know what isn't leashed? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Nice. And guess who? Guess what? Um, what podcast that would be? It's the Soul Forge podcast. Oh, the Soul Forge Unleashed. <laughs> Soul Forge After Dark. I don't know. Oh, you'll have to. That's what. That's the next episode title. Soul Forge um, Unleashed. There you go. <laughs> hey, Leah. Hey, Sean. You know what? Now is a good time for. What's that? A promo for the Soul Forge podcast. The Soul Forge? What's that? Oh, it's a show. It's a podcast all about sex and dating. Love and relationships. Pop culture and movie reviews. Adventure. Almost anything you can think of. Definitely. What is it? The Soul Forge. The Soul Forge podcast. Think about it. And uh, trivia. Londo's line about the burning of, of his eyes after Jacquard vomits to get him out of the prison is a reference to a similar quote from the Seven Dirty Words sketch by George Carlin. Anybody aware of this? Uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, George Carlin does a bit of stand-up where he talks about the, the seven words you can't say on TV and they're the absolute worst words of it. And, it, you know, the effect it would have on you by saying these words is the way that people react to them and <laughs> as if it's burning your eyes. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Good. I'm glad somebody knows about that. Yeah, it's very good. Would've yeah, good old George Carlin. Would have made the next 30 seconds worth of silence very embarrassing. <laughs> so no, no idea what that is whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, that's all the trivia. So, moving on, are oh, there wow. any Star Trek connections? Sure, please. Matter of fact, we've got a good amount this week. Woohoo! Yeah, we've been bereft lately, but uh, here we go. Uh, now, I'm not sure if I've mentioned Robin Sachs before. He played in the talk in this episode. And in the Voyager episode, uh, The Void, he played General Valen. That sounds familiar, but I'm not sure if I've mentioned that or not. I think we may have, but it's always uh, good to go over it again because I do like him because he is, of course, in Galaxy Quest as. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, the bad guy, and I can't think of the bad guy's name. Sarah, 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 Yeah, that's one. Yeah. If you're I mean... as stupid as you are ugly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I watched that at Christmas when I was wrapping the presents up. That was my go-to film this year. So excellent, fun. nice. Uh, and then we have Bart McCarthy, who played Darrow. He played uh, Zasher in the Starfleet Academy video game, and in Deep Space Nine, he played. Admiral Coburn in Favor the Bold. And then we have Josh Clark, who played Kulamani in Star Trek The Next Generation. In the episode Justice, he played Khan. 
I assume that's the con officer. And in Voyager, uh, he played Lieutenant Carey in seven episodes. Yeah, it was only when I obviously looked him up and found him as, as Lieutenant Carey. I thought, oh my goodness, why didn't I recognize him? He's he's, he's only in seven episodes, but he's quite um, recognizable. Recognizable from them, yes. Mm. He, he, of course, he he's under a, 10 pounds he, of makeup here. Well, exactly, but mm. uh, even so. Um, yeah, because uh, I, you know, when I went onto his IMDb page, you could see his face, and then I thought, "Oh no, I, I know who that is." You know, I, I recognize him from episodes of Star Trek. He's only been in seven, but he's he obviously has enough screen time that he's uh, he's visible to even if he's just in the fore, you know, forefront as a con officer. Yeah, poor guy died in the second last episode of Voyager, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't quite make it home. Oh. Not quite. <laughs> Okay, uh, excellent. Thank you, Sean. And uh, ratings. We rate uh, these episodes that we watch out of five because it's uh, Babylon 5. And IMDb rates it out of 10. And they've given this episode uh, 8.6. So, uh, and 8.6, obviously, um, is 4.3 on our scale. Uh, so, Sean, what did you rate this episode as? Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty well in line with IMDb for once this week. Uh, I've been thinking about it since I watched it there a couple days ago. And you know what? It's just a really good Babylon 5 episode. It's not perfect, but there's nothing really wrong with it. I, I think it's worth a, a good 4.5. Okay. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of action. Okay. Things are happening. No complaints. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice, uh, good high score then. Uh, Dan, what did what did you get for these uh, for this episode? Sorry, it's definitely going to be a high one, just because you know I haven't had many high remarks this season, and I feel like this justly deserves some praise because it's doing something that we've been missing out on. We haven't had for so long. We had, uh, you know, a, a character we haven't seen for weeks, Lockley, doing her, her log at the very beginning, and it sets the stage. It, you know, things are happening. Uh, there's people being murdered on Babylon 5, or there, there's uh, Centauri's being murdered because of, you know, retributions, all this kind of stuff. So it's setting this whole scene. It took me out a little bit in that first scene where she is explaining to Sheridan that attacking the gates were, is like against every law going of warfare and things like this. That well, he kind of knows that he he brought you the information in the first place. He he knows that that's a thing. So it was that TV thing where they're explaining to the characters. Exposition knows. It was a little bit uh, where it just took me out, and that happens again when um, I think it's um, when they're talking about the shadow technology and they're they're calling Sheridan over the phone, you know, and they're, they're explaining over the Zoom call about the shadow technology that uh, the Centauri are using. It's like, this is an organic piece of technology when it's clearly organic. It's like an egg shape and it's got mm. organs and veins and things all over it. So, yeah, we know it's an organic piece of technology. That's okay. We're all right with that. Um but it, um, but it wasn't as heavy as it should have been. Did you notice that? No, it looked way too light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the sh- mate, it's a shadow technology. It's really light. Oh, it's all, oh. all aerofermy and ooh, it's all good. Um, yeah, but everything else was fantastic. Veer was on point when he was imploring them to help him. And he was like, oh, you know, the Drazi, they're really good fighters. And there's everything, everything. And he just goes off on a tangent and then eventually gets to the point he's trying to make. Um, and, you know, and all of that telepath stuff that's been building up, it now makes sense that she's asking 
asking for 500,000 and she's actually getting more of a sense of herself. Whereas before she's been asked to do these uh, immense things, these world saving things, and she didn't get her reward. Now she's getting reward and she's helping people for it. Um, Franklin actually gets to be a bit of an action man. So he has something to do without being too creepy. That's all right. Um, then we've got uh, Garibaldi isn't too drunk. So he actually gets the message this time <laughs> and passes it on in time. So we don't have any of that horrible uh, drunk again, Uncle Mike uh, creeping into this episode. Sheridan is a little dumb. Like he should have figured this out before that actually they were playing them for suckers and trying to work them against each other. I think that's the only thing I hold about this episode is that Sheridan didn't work it out a little bit earlier. He's the master strategist. He should have seen this coming and he should have worked it out earlier than this episode. Um, Oh God, everyone's stabbing each other in the back. Everything that's happening on Centauri. We get the emperor again with his lovely accent that he's talking about. Oh, Malari, it's so lovely to see you. This is the last time I'm going to see you because they want it. And it's so creepy the way he's talking about what they want to do. Um, oh, and, and everything's been set up and it's everything that he did to them that they're now bringing back. Uh, and, you know, they buried stuff in, in Centauri. So he has to do what they say. Um, Oh, there's comedy moments, there's action moments, there's drama, everything. So it's all there. Because it took me out just a little bit, I'm going to be very harsh, but I'm going to go 4.9. I'm going to go the top marks. Best marks wow. I can give it. Wow. That's a that's a very high score. That, that, in fact, is into your top 10. Obviously, it's hardly surprising, really, with a 4.9. Um, not quite your best episode because you have given a five out before, but uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's still up there in the, in the top ten. Brilliant, very good. I'm going to have to listen to the previous episode because I haven't got your score from last week, unless you happen to know it. Uh, Four point one, I think. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, yes, yeah, it was four point one. Yeah. I've got yeah, written yeah, here. That's right. I've got it there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think good. Day Day of the Dead is the only time I've come close to this score. I think that was four point seven, four point eight. I think I remember. Day of the Dead. That was recently, wasn't it? Going back I know you didn't like it as much as I did. Day of the Dead. Yeah, 4.8 for Day of the Dead. Yeah, 4.8 for Day of the Dead. Yeah, 5 for Sean for Oaks. Uh, yeah, okay. So, very good. Thanks, Dan. And, yeah, I I have to agree. This is a really, really good um, episode. Um, I like that, that Lita, you know, not so long ago was trying hard to get a job somewhere and was getting refused and nobody would take her on and now she can command 500,000 credits you know mm. that's, that's a bit of a turnaround in fortunes now she's become mm. oh well actually no she's got Volan technology and she knows what she's uh, talking about and hey let's get her along finally she has a use so uh, so that's good um i like I say the minister at the end i think his, his last lines about um oh they've told me to uh, um what was it oh uh, Oh, where, where is oh, it? What planetary defense grid. That's the one. Yeah. Um, mm. he, he says, "Don't worry, I'll be dead by morning." And yeah, the last action uh, they told me to do was uh, tell the ships defending the planet to leave and turn off the planetary defense system. You, ah, what? <laughs> and that's where obviously Malardi goes running off and no, <laughs> and then stops, turns around as if not quite believing it, and no, runs on. <laughs> Come on. So yeah, it's it's. Amazing that yeah that that's really really creepy that he is he's been taken over by something that's controlling him or he's being told what to do, but he's and he'd be glad that when he dies that he'll be away from it and he won't have to do it anymore. But he's still done it. And if you're gonna die, you know you're gonna die. Why would you do it? Let them kill you. 
or is it they they have that such control that they can not yeah they They're can stop powerful. him yeah they can stop him from taking his own life yes yeah, so it sets up the next episode um really well um so yeah so i i uh, agree it's a it's a really good episode i think um i'm hoping there might be a you know a, a better ones to come because we're getting near the end now and it must really sort of hopefully ramp up to the end finish on a high so i'm going to give this a 4.5 same as sean yeah 4.5 um Brilliant. gives us a bit of wiggle room just in case there is something better on the horizon so i think that's the end of this episode join us again next week when we will be discussing season five episode 18 uh spoilers the fall of centauri prime i wonder what it's about i have no idea mm -hmm. yeah it's autumn in centauri prime oh of that's course it's yes the leaves are a beautiful flame red yeah they're wonderful at this time, Malare. Oh, wonderful. The sun setting in the distance looks so much like flames. <laughs> the whole city is on fire. They're burning with a thousand lasers. <laughs> there you should leave that in. All, all of that. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. Three spelled T H R E E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon Three. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.